Please turn to Psalm 5. This psalm is a comparison between the godly and the wicked. What the godly do and what the, what the wicked do. What they speak, how they live, what their priorities are in life. I just ask that you follow along as I read this and think about which side of the, the road you want to be on. Would you rather be on the side of the wicked that are doing harmful and hateful things to others? Or would you rather be on the side of the righteous that are joyful, rejoicing, happy to be here? This chapter has actually five sections for being a short chapter. It's got five sections, and one through three is the righteous and seeking God. Verses four through six is wickedness and the foolish speaking. Seven through eight is the righteous seeking God's mercy. Nine through ten is the wicked speech and the destruction of the wicked. And finally, eleven and twelve are the actions and rewards of the righteous. So please follow along as I read Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. I will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. But there is no unfaithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out into the multitude of their transgressions. For they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Amen. Because thou hast defended them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Amen. Wanted to point out a couple verses in here. Verse, uh, Verse 3. Do we seek God in the morning? Is that a priority in our lives? Or is it get breakfast, get the kids, and get out of the house? Or do we at least stop for five or ten minutes and think... There's a God that created me. Can I stop for five minutes and commune with Him? It's not too much time to ask. Kids and work can wait. Do we remember a reminder from our brother Jonathan Carnell? I believe it was six weeks ago. Does anybody remember the points that he brought up? I hope some of us have been doing those. Those are very good points about leaving the kids you know, in bed for a few minutes, getting to wherever your comfort zone is, and communing with God. That's very important, because the rest of the day you'll choke it out. When Early men in the Bible, like David and other righteous men, they sought God early. This could be early in life or early in the day. Hopefully the younger ones in here are doing that as well. Early in life we can seek God, but everyone should be seeking Him early in the day before we, everything else chokes it out. Right. Is God more important than getting, getting up and getting breakfast? Not to a lot of us, breakfast is... It used to not be important, but it's been pretty important to me. I love a protein shake in the morning. I love to get going. But it's something when I wake up is, 
You know, I, I want to read a chapter and really commune with God for a few minutes before I start my hectic day. Let's be thinking, can we do that? Can we right. just stop for a few minutes? God should be more important in our food and daily water. I mean, you say that and you're like, well, we can't live without food and water. Well, our heart and our soul should be. We shouldn't be able to live without God's Word. That's right. Amen. Psalm 63.1 says, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and a thirsty land where there no water is. That's a man of God saying he thirsts for God. He thirsts for the Word. He didn't care about the water and, and food. He wanted God's Word. Next, I'm going to move to verse 9. Verse 9, let me go back and read it for you again. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Our speech, people around us can tell a lot of our character by our speech. We've had this brought up in Psalms recently by other brothers. Are we saying things that maybe you don't think they're hurtful, but are hurting other people? Aren't lifting them up? Could be, you know, making fun of someone in a lighthearted way so no one thinks about it. Are we doing that? We have foolish talking. You know, Lord, forgive us when we do. Help us to not be like these, these people in this verse that are just, they're flattering with their tongue. Oh, you're so pretty. And then they walk around the corner and say, that guy's such a, you know. And they're just wicked. They have no righteousness in their heart. But let's always be thinking, when we talk to someone, slow down your words and think, you know, what would David in the Bible say? What would Jesus Christ say in this situation? Because everyone around you is going to hear it and be like, that guy's a Christian and he's talking bad about everyone. He hates his boss, hates the president. Yeah, I don't want to go to that church. So, so let's really think about what we say. Psalm 12, 2 says, They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. Like I was saying, with a double heart, they may come in here and be like, oh yes, I love Jesus, and you know, say something with one heart, and then go out the doors and say something completely different. Oh, I had to get out of church, can't wait to watch some football and go fishing. You know, stuff like that. That's a double heart. Let's try to keep it on a one heart that the Lord would be proud of. Right. Psalm uh, 10.7 said, His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. That's a lot of things. Let's try not to be any of those when we speak, whether it be at work, around the family, when you let your guard down. You know, you can say some hurtful things that you may not think are that hurtful. But to someone else in the family, a child, a wife, they could think that's pretty hurtful, something you say under your breath or, you know, things like that. So let's really watch our mouths if we can. Verse 11. This is what I really wanted to get to. Let me read it again for you. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Because thou hast defended them, let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Amen. I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of joy and rejoicing in the Psalms. David must have really loved to do it. So I was like, let me look up and see how many times. The word joy is used in the Psalm 33 times. I don't think God's being redundant. I don't think he could have thought of another word to maybe put in instead of joy. I think he wants his children to be joyful. God's done so much for us, why not be joyful? Right. Is there something in the life that's so bad we can't be joyful? It's, the word joy is also used 187 times in the Bible. That's a lot. Right. I think God's trying to tell us something. Right. Let's see some joy from, yeah. from myself and from all of us. Rejoice is used in the Psalms 59 times, even more. 
So that means God wants us to rejoice and be joyful? That is correct. It's used 150 times in the Bible. So if we combine joy and rejoice, quick math here, 337 times in the Bible. Uh, That's a lot. God's really trying to tell us something. We should come into His house and be joyful. If this isn't the most joyful place during the week, there's something wrong with our hearts. Let's try to be joyful and rejoice. Psalm 149.5 says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. You know, if you're really joyful and rejoicing, you'll be singing at home, you'll be singing in here, you'll be singing upon your beds. Let's not let things get us down. You know, I've got, I've got a list in here of things that bring most of us down. You know, work, traffic, dinner, health, marriage, etc. So depressing. I mean, who really cares? Honestly, it is such on a minuscule scale compared to what God's done for us. Amen. We should have so much joy and rejoicing that it's, it doesn't even comprehend the little things in life that get us down. Right. Finally, verse 12. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him with a shield. There's three things in here that God's promising you if you try to follow His commandments and do the things that we just went over. One of them is blessing. You know, I looked this up. Blessing is a beneficial thing for which one is grateful. Something that brings well-being. You're like, oh, great, if someone else did that for me, that'd be excellent. No, this is God of heaven saying that. The next is um, favor. The definition is over-generous preferential treatment. Some girl would be like, oh, I'd love to get that from my husband. Well, just think about this. This is from the God of heaven to all of us. Right. Over-generous preferential treatment toward his children that do his will. Finally, a shield. Protecting someone from danger, risk, or an unpleasant experience. I think everyone in here has a little bit of fear in something or another. This psalm and the psalmist, which is a man after God's own heart, is saying that God will be our shield and protect us from that. So to summarize, we need to fulfill our duties as Christians. We need to watch our mouths. We need to try to get up early, seek God's Word early, love Him. We need to be joyful and rejoicing at all times. Nothing in this world should get us down. We should be the most joyful people on the entire earth. If we do that, God would be pleased. Amen. Amen.